Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. We knew this day would come eventually, right? I mean, you'd be kidding yourselves if you thought this day wasn't coming eventually. You see it around uh, college athletics and obviously professional athletics. You knew it was coming. But how do you feel about it? How do you feel? This one hits home, right? That and a whole lot more. It's your Thursday Locked on Balls. You are Locked on Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, good Thursday morning, everybody. It's Locked On Balls. It is your team every single day. I'm your host, Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for being back in here with me today, watching on YouTube, uh, subscribing, following us wherever you get your podcasts, all that good stuff. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network. That is your team every single day, and uh, couldn't do it without you everydayers. So thank you so much for coming back and taking part in this Top 100 Football Podcast in America show that we like to call Locked On Balls. Um, in a matter of seconds, kind of what I said in the cold open, how does this make you feel? Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. We're up in our fields uh, on a Wednesday, right? And I know it's Thursday morning, but this came out about mid-morning on Wednesday. Tell me how you feel about it. Uh, position previews, we'll get into the tight end position in segment two. And then I want to go through some expert picks over at CBS Sports. And uh, that's going to be your rundown for a Thursday show. All right, so we don't typically lead off the show with basketball. Um, you know, From a programming standpoint, that's just not good business. You guys saw that in basketball season when we talked basketball. It was in segments two or three of the show. Um, but we're leading off the show here with basketball because uh, it's not even really basketball. It's about naming rights and kind of where college athletics is going nowadays. Uh, but this is a big deal. It's a huge deal. Thompson Bowling Arena, home of the Tennessee men's basketball team, the Lady Vols basketball team, and the Lady Vols volleyball team. Um, it's a, it's a staple on campus, right? I mean, you go down there. I mean, I, when I drive to campus, you know, behind the curtain a little bit, when I drive to campus, uh, when I go over there for football stuff or whatever, you know, from where my, I live, my location, I, I get off and, and I go on uh, Neyland drive and I come around there and, and I'm driving Neyland drive. And the first thing I see on campus is Thompson bowling arena. I, I take that back to the side. I can see Neyland stadium, but Thompson bowling arena is right there, you know, right in front of me. And it's a staple of campus. And I think it's um, it's been no secret whatsoever that it's been kind of an eyesore. Um, it's it's not really up to date with some of the better venues and college venue college uh, basketball venues around the country. Uh, you will never be perfect. There will always be constructions. There will always be renovation plans and all that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, I was driving my, with my wife down the strip. And, you know, you can say the same for the strip and for UT's campus right now. A lot, you know, the strip being formerly known as the strip, Cumberland Avenue. Um, a lot of cranes. There's going to be cranes on campus, cranes around downtown Knoxville, the strip area for the, you know, the next 10, 15 years. I mean, there, there's a lot going on. So you're never going to be exactly where you want to be, uh, but you always want to be improving. And in order to improve, uh, a great uh, opportunity to get some money and to fundraise for these renovation projects is to sell the naming rights of a venue or share the naming rights of a venue to a corporate sponsor. Tennessee and Food City have been in business together since 1997. It's a long-standing sponsor for Tennessee, for the Vault Network, and for the Vault Network's partner and the media partner at IMG Learfield. Um, they, they've they've been together for a long time. It's been a good partnership, right? I mean, some of the, I mean, you see Food City imaging all over, you know, Tennessee football, Vault Network, all that type of stuff. Um, it's just kind of synonymous, right? And um, so it was a good opportunity there. 
And so what Danny White announced on Wednesday morning, and we caught wind of this uh, earlier in the week, but uh, Danny White was going to announce Wednesday morning that Tennessee has entered a 10-year naming rights agreement with Food City to rebrand Thompson Bowling Arena to Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. And because of this partnership and because of this naming rights deal, it's going to be for $20 million towards renovations. All right. And some of these new renovations could be up uh, enhancing club amenities. Uh, you know, Danny has been, Danny White has been huge on trying to enhance the fan experience. And a big part of that is club, premium seating, suites, all that type of stuff. Uh, not before too long, guys. You know, where we sit in the press box, we're going to be kicked out. And they're going to have to find a new spot for us because those are going to be made. Our little press box area um, is going to be made into more premium seatings. I mean, that's just that's just going to happen. We're going to be in the end zone. They're going to make something for us in the end zone or whatever. Um, you know, just like at the Orange Bowl at Miami Dolphins Stadium, and it was hard to see. But that's coming down the line. I mean, that's not happening right now. But, you know, premium seating, suites, there's an emphasis on that in the fan experience. Uh, more than $20 million for renovation is going to go to updates to the Ray Mears Room, a new state-of-the-art center-hung video board. Obviously, there's one there right now, but there needs to be one that's uh, kind of updated a little bit. The exterior of Thompson Bowling Arena, now Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center, will be modernized, as will be... Uh, I'm trying to read my writing. As the look will look more in line with Tennessee's other athletic venues. And I've got a picture up here I'm going to share. This came with the release that Tennessee sent out Wednesday. If you're watching on YouTube, this is the picture that Tennessee sent out there uh, with its release on Wednesday. Now, um, they said that the full renderings, the full mock-ups, the full uh, imaging and all that type of stuff will be shown at a later date. So in no way, shape, or form am I trying to say that this is exactly what it'll look like on the exterior. But this is what they sent with their press release if you're watching on the YouTube show right now. You see they've um, you know, kind of made it more of a clean look, some more imaging at the top, Thompson Bowling Arena, um, obviously in smaller fonts with the bigger font being Food City Center. They've got a little Food City logo right below that, and it just has a more of a cleaner look. So that's not going to be it. It might not be specifically, you know, when you talk about exterior makeups and facelifts, it might not look exactly like that. I'm sure there'll be more, but I did want to pass along the imaging that they sent along with that press release, and this is what it was. And, of course, more renderings and all that type of stuff will be made aware at a later date. So um, there's been some work around Thompson Bowling Arena uh, over the offseason. People have asked some questions and everything, so this is kind of – kind of coming down the, the, the pike a little bit. And um, it's a good opportunity. I mean, it really is. Um, you know, we'll read here what Danny White had to say about um, – I had it pulled up here. Apologies. We'll hear what Danny White had to say about it. Uh, Tennessee Director of Athletics quotes, We are thrilled to partner with Food City on this transformative names right opportunity, the first of its kind for Tennessee athletics. Food City is a neighborhood uh, neighborhood partner who knows our state and region extremely well and has been a key partner for Tennessee athletics for nearly 30 years. Food City is a valued member of our community, Bleeds Orange, and we look forward to taking this partnership to another level. I want to thank the Smith family as well as the Food City team for their long-term partnership. I'm going to read one other quote here. This is from the Food City team. Stephen C. Smith, the president and chief executive officer of Food City. He says, quote, Food City is proud to be a longtime supporter and the official supermarket of the University of Tennessee Athletics. We're excited to take partnership to the next level with the naming of the Food City Center, which will serve as a hub for UT Athletics as well as other key events within the Knoxville community, end quote. Um, And that's another point I'll mark down here and I haven't brought up yet. Not only is it the host of 
are the home for Tennessee men's basketball, Lady Balls basketball, Lady Balls volleyball. But Thompson Bowling Arena now at Food City Center. You guys know this when you're driving on campus or driving by campus. Maybe see it on Facebook or whatever. It hosts concerts throughout the throughout the calendar year. Professional wrestling at least two times a year, guys. Monster truck shows, bull riding shows, and conferences inside Thompson Bowling Arena. Um, let's see here. This is the first the first athletic event that's going to take place at the new name of Thompson Bowling Arena, which is Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center, which is effective immediately. The first athletic event that's going to take place there will be the volleyball season opener this Friday, tomorrow, against Texas State. So it's uh, kind of a kind of changing the guard a little bit, a, a new era for Tennessee athletics. As Danny White said, the first of its kind for Tennessee athletics, and that got us thinking, you know, what are some other venues around college athletics that have done this before? Um, obviously wherever you look in the professional realm, baseball stadiums, football stadiums, basketball arena, um, hockey as well. They've all got corporate sponsored names. Um, you know, uh, Truist Park, uh, you know, SunTrust Park before that Nissan stadium. Um, those are just some of my favorite teams in the corporate names, right? Uh, but when you think about colleges around here, and I found an article, it's a, it's a bit dated, so I think there's more in it, more in it, um, more happening uh, right now. But um, you know, this is from a couple of years ago, and from the Southeastern Conference, you have South Carolina's basketball arena uh, has a has a corporate sponsor name. Texas A and M's baseball stadium has a corporate sponsor name, and the big one that we know about right now is obviously Kroger Field right up the road at Kentucky. It's kind of been the butt of some jokes here recently, right? So going to the grocery store, well, well, now they can make that joke about Tennessee. Uh, bottom line, uh, those are those are the details. If you didn't have a chance to read the articles, didn't have a chance to see it on the news or whatever, those are the details. What you need to know: ten mil or a ten-year naming rights deal, Tennessee, along with Food City for Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. Twenty million dollars in renovations or towards renovations is going to be happening uh, with this partnership and. Um, you know, I'm not a huge fan, okay? I'm not a huge fan. I don't like this at the college level. I understand it's an easy way to make some money. Danny White is great at his job. Danny White is a great fundraiser guy, okay? He's great at fundraising. He's great at enhancing the fan experience. That is what he wants to do. He is good at his job. I'm not a fan of doing it this way. That's just me personally. I feel like a lot of you guys watching and listening right now would agree with me. At the college area, uh, pageantry, you know, I think a lot of this needs to be named after, you know, those who came before us at the university, coaches, players, ambassadors, um, activists, whatever the case may be. I feel like that's the place for the college realm and you can leave the corporate sponsorships to the, for the uh, professional ranks. That is my opinion. I am one man. I'd love to hear your thoughts at underscore Kaner and at Locked On Balls. But 10 years, uh, $20 million, Food City, Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. What do you think about that? Uh, we'll continue to bring you some more details on this as the week goes on. But when we come back, we'll take a look at the tight end position. Okay, the tight end position for our position previews. That and a whole lot more right here on Locked on Vols. Hey, I want to tell you about our friends over at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every, part's got, every part needs to fit just right the first time. So the next time you need parts and accessories, I encourage you to head on over to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or... 
your money is back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time, guys. After all, it's surely easy to bring home that dub when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, at the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. We continue on here with this uh, Thursday edition of Locked On Balls. Appreciate you guys for being here. I know that I went a little lengthy there in segment number one, but I wanted to give you guys the complete breakdown. If you do truly depend on Locked On Balls to get all of your Tennessee knowledge, I wanted to be thorough, so that is, uh, that's what we know so far. Uh, fill up those comment sections. Uh, tweet me, at underscore Kane or at Locked On Balls. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the uh, rebranding of Thompson Bowling Arena to Thompson Bowling Arena at Food City Center. Uh, let's continue on here with our position previews. Uh, we're going to get to the fun stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll have one more offensive position preview, and that's coming up tomorrow. And we'll talk about the wide receivers because I think that group is going to be super fun to talk about. Uh, but today, let's talk about the tight ends, which is one of the more underrated positions in this offense. Um, I truly believe that. You guys have heard me say this all the time, and uh, I always try to reset myself and repeat because I, we have new viewers and in, in, uh you know, every day or so the show all the time. And so I can't thank you enough for that. But this offense is relying on a tight end. You have got to have a versatile tight end. Uh, really, you need three. Tennessee's got by the last two years with two. And we'll see if they can incorporate a third one in there this year. But um, the, the tight end is so important in this offense because it allows the tempo to go. Um, you need a you need a tight end that can you know be in line blocking, hand in the dirt, go back as an H back, split out in the slot, go all the way out as the number one receiver. You need that guy to be versatile and ready to go. That way, you don't have to stop substitute personnel packages, take a tight end out, put another wide receiver on the field. Because when you do that, we know the umpire stands over the ball, holds up his hand, allows the defense to sub as well. So in order for this tempo to work and not allow to substitute different personnel packages and all that, you need to have a versatile tight end. That's why I don't believe Tennessee is going to be hardly at all four wide receiver sets, though Tennessee could be because you got pretty much four starters up there and some depth now at the wide receiver position with Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb. But Tennessee's not a four wide receiver uh, you know, system. Now, does that mean you won't ever see it? You could, you could see it a little bit. We've seen it just a smidge over the first two years here at Tennessee, but typically you have a tight end on the field. Tennessee goes 11 personnel, one tight end, one running back. Uh, Tennessee does not go, uh, you know, or one running back, one tight end. Tennessee does not go a whole lot of anything else. It's 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 11 personnel, and it's been very, very successful. So uh, that being said, Princeton fans gone. You know, Jacob Warren coming back, and he's, he's the elder statesman in the room. This is pretty much the third. <laughs> I almost say this for Alex Golish, but this is pretty much the second tight end coach that Jacob Warren's been teaching how to play the position. You go all the way back to Brian Niedemeyer back in 2019, or maybe, yeah, 2019, um, he made the comment that we've been kind of teaching needs, or maybe that was Joe Osafet, excuse me. Maybe that was Joe Osafet. Um, anyway, Jacob Warren made the comment that they've been teaching the, the new coach in the room kind of kind of what's going on. Um, just goes to show you, you value recruiting over on the field coaching, and that's kind of what you get. Um, Alex Golish, obviously, he was the tight ends coach and offensive coordinator, and I think he knew what he was doing. And Alec Abel, I'm not saying you don't know what he's doing, but Alec Abel is an offensive line uh, assistant el or you know analyst elevated to assistant this offseason, uh, first time on the field coaching, and he's, he's getting the tight ends. And it all kind of works together in this offense. Uh, but having Jacob Warren backs is like having another coach in the room. It's huge. 
Um, Jacob Warren will never be a guy that catches 10 passes a game. Jacob Warren will never be a guy that accumulates likely over 250 yards receiving in a season. Um, maybe this is different. Would love to see the tight ends be utilized more in the passing game, but he's never going to be that guy. But what he is is a guy that allows Tennessee's offense to do what it does. Now, you know what you're getting in Jacob Warren, and that's good. And um, it's a blessing to have him back if you're Tennessee. McCallan Castles, the transfer from um, UC Davis or wherever. Tennessee played a team in baseball at the beginning of the season that was UC Irvine or UC Davis, and and, and I get this mixed up with the former uh, the, the former school that McCallans came from. Uh, he originally went to Cal. This is his third stop in the college tenure, but wants to go to the NFL, wanted to come to Tennessee, and this is going to be his last season to uh, play collegiate football. And he's coming along. He's made big strides. He's had a great uh, offseason in the weight room. Um, he's learning more inline blocking and stuff like that. And so McCallan Castles has come a long way, which is good. Uh, but we're truly not going to get a look and see how dependable McCallum Castles is until we see Tennessee line up. Same with Ethan Davis, true freshman tied in. This dude's going to be a stud, and this dude's going to play this year. I, I think early in the week on the mailbag edition of the show, someone said if you had to pick one true freshman on each side of the football to start, who would it be? And my pick was Ethan Davis, knowing the importance of the tight end position, but I just know he's going to play this year, and I think he's a stud. And he's learning, too, the inline blocking stuff, hand in the dirt, H-back stuff. Because in high school, he was a big receiver. That's how athletic he is. Really good with his hands, speed, route running, all that type of stuff. That's what Ethan Davis brings. And it was uh, kind of heartbreaking to see him go down there with that broken collarbone at the very end of the orange and white game all the way back in April. But he's rehabbed. He's come back. He's not. He's been pretty much full go all, all fall camp long. And you've heard great things about him. So those are three tight ends. I think Tennessee, in, the, in that order, I think it'll be Jacob Warren, McCallum Castles, Ethan Davis. Now, not a whole lot of depth behind them. You do have a one other scholarship tied in on the roster, and that is Emmanuel Okafor. We kind of set we we touched base on him um, earlier in fall camp. Um, he is the guy originally from Nigeria. He went to the NFL Academy in London. OC Umanora, former New York Giants, uh, kind of puts that on there. Spotted him, former basketball player. Very raw at the game. You know, he's only been playing football since 2021, I believe. He's long. He's lengthy. Now, first time playing football with hash marks. First time playing football that's not on a soccer field. He's coming along. He's got a lot to learn. Um, he is not going to factor in, in my opinion, at tight end this year, but I think his projections in terms of being an athlete, whether it be a tight end or at the edge position, is through the roof. Uh, but he's got a lot to learn. He was a late add to the class of 2023. Yeah, 2023. Signed with Tennessee in May, got on campus in June, and so he's been playing catch up a lot there. So four tight ends on scholarship. You do have Hunter Salmon. You do have, or excuse me, you do have Hunter Salmon, and he's been here a while, and he's been a redshirt guy, and he's played a little bit. Um, when Tennessee wants to go three tight ends in the past, it's been very rare. It's primarily been on the goal line, where you have a, a tight end here, a tight end here on each side of the line, and a tight end acting as an H back. Okay, going as an A set, uh, pretty much. If you go back to your Madden roots. Um, he's been that guy, and he's played some big-time snaps in 2021 and 2022. But he's never been a guy that's like kind of really figured into the tight end rotation. Uh, but he is a guy that knows the offense, has been there, done that, and that is a great, great security blanket if you are Alec Ablin and, and Josh Heupel in terms of the tight end position. You also have Charlie Browder, who, who is a walk-on tight end. Uh, Charlie Browder, um, he got hurt in the season opener last year and pretty much missed the rest of the way, but he was going trying to catch a touchdown pass, got hit, 
uh, late in that bolt in that in that uh, blowout win against Ball State, and he was never really a factor because of injury. So you have a little bit of depth there, but only four scholarship guys on the roster at the tight end position. And I would imagine that if you go to your fourth tight end, it would probably be Hunter Salmon right now instead of Emmanuel Okafor. That's just that's just my opinion. So anyway, that's kind of the makeup of the room. Um, Chase Duncan as well coming over from Virginia Tech. He walked on. Uh, there's a couple of other bodies in that room as well, but those are the key guys. It is a big-time position for Tennessee, one of the most underrated positions in all of this football team. But in order for this offense to go and to accomplish what it needs to accomplish, the tight end position room is vital. And that's why, man, I'm, I'm not predicting anybody to be a Swiss Army knife like Princeton Fant last year. That was a special you know, breed of a human being last year. But the tight end position, getting Jacob Warren back, was critical. And I think Ethan Davis is going to be a star at that position in this offense. Uh, that is the tight end. Uh, look at the tight end room. Position previews here as we are at fall camp. They've been taking it really, really easy on Jacob Warren, holding him out of scrimmages and everything, making sure he is healthy and ready to go for the season opener. We will take a look at the wide receivers coming up tomorrow. Can't wait about that position group. My favorite position group. One of my favorite position groups on the football team this year. We'll talk about that here on a Friday, Locked On Balls. Hey, when we come back, CB experts, they do their picks, their preseason picks, heading into the uh, the new season, and I will kind of recap that and tell you what they say about the University of Tennessee, that and a whole lot more. Coming up next, right here on Locked On Balls. Hey, I want to uh, give a quick shout-out and let you guys uh, be aware that this show is also sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're facing tough decisions, tough choices, and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions about around your career, relationships, or anything else, therapy, it can help you move forward with confidence and excitement, can help you connect to, to what's really important in life and how you want to navigate life, and it can help you accomplish those goals. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything else. Like, more you practice it, the easier it gets. It's helpful to learn positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It's just for those who've experienced major trauma, not just for those, excuse me. It is not just for those who experience major trauma in their life. It's for people like you and me potentially, okay? Uh, it can teach you an awful, awful lot of things. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try today. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suitable to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnCollege today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOnCollege. Again, let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. All right, guys and gals, we're going to be short and sweet here for this final edition or for this final uh, segment here of your Thursday Lockdown Balls. Appreciate you guys for being here as you always do. Um, you go over to CBSSports.com right now. One of the first stories you'll see is from Barrett Salee. He kind of put it all together. And it is the SEC Expert Picks 2023 Most Overrated, Underrated Teams, Projected Order of Finish, and Bowl Predictions. So essentially the CBS Sports College Panel they went together and they all agreed on some overrated teams, underrated teams, order, finish, all that type of stuff. And uh, it's some really good stuff. I'm going to skim through here and kind of react to some of the things here. I encourage you to go to CBSSports.com and read this from Barrett Salee. It's a free article and um, it's some good stuff. 
uh, three of their columnists, David Cobb, Barrett Salee, and Will Backus, they all agree on Alabama being the most overrated team. A quick little insert here. Bama is replacing two of its uh, two of the first three players selected in the 2023 draft, both coordinators for a team that didn't win the SEC West last year. Still, voters at SEC Media Days predicted the Crimson Tide to win the division over reigning champion LSU. I was not one. I picked LSU. Alabama also came in at number four in the preseason AP Top 25, ahead of not only the Tigers, but teams like USC and Penn State, each of whom... Uh, have fewer personnel questions to answer than the Tide with Nick Saban. Saban's the GOAT, but the depth chart is full of uncertainty and far from a lock to make the college football playoff. I would agree with all that. Um, let's see here. One, Dennis Dodd and Jerry Palm said that Texas A&M was the most overrated team, and I think we can all get behind that boat a little bit. Tom Fernelli says Ole Miss is the most overrated team. That's interesting. Ole Miss was predicted by the media to finish fourth in the SEC West this year. So how can Ole Miss really be an overrated team right now? Fernelli says, with all due respect to the Rebels, but I figure the only reason this team is ranked to begin the year, they are ranked inside the AP Top 25 at number 23, is because when filling out a ballot, voters get to the 20 to 25 range and have no idea what to do. They ask themselves, which SEC team have I not ranked yet? <laughs> oh, I can actually see that for sure. Not saying that's a mod. That's not saying that's for me, but uh, <laughs> uh, that certainly is something. Um, another team in here is uh, Chip Patterson says South Carolina would be a team that's considered overranked or overrated to begin the season. Uh, you know, ranked inside the AP top 25 by some publications, receiving votes in both. Um, preseason media had him finished third in the East. It's a group going to battle with Florida and Missouri for some of those spots in the bottom half of the division, writes Chip Patterson. Most underrated team, LSU by Tom Fornelli. Interesting, though, because, again, LSU is getting a whole lot of hype this offseason. Arkansas by Barrett Salee. I can get on board with that, but injuries and consistency have plagued that team under Sam Pittman. South Carolina by Jerry Palm. <laughs> Kentucky by uh, back, by uh, Will Backus and, um, and David Cobb. Here's what the, they say about Kentucky. UK is a perennial dark horse in the soon-to-be defunct SEC East, but this might actually be the year to buy the hype. The Wildcats get three of their five most difficult games at home, Tennessee being one of those, though that October road trip to Georgia is a beast. Kentucky is a strong candidate to reach at least 10 regular season wins, something it has not done since 1977, while confidently pushing back into the top half of the SEC. Um, you guys know how I feel about Kentucky. I think if they can block for Devin Leary, I think that team could do some things this year. I think it's going to be a challenging game for Tennessee up at Kroger Field um, in the month of October. I think it's going to be really, really challenging, no doubt about it. Um, that is definitely one of those toss-up games. I think Tennessee has the talent. I think Tennessee has the better roster, but that's going to be a challenging game for sure. Uh, Chip Patterson says Missouri is an underrated team. Says, I'm buying a little stock in Missouri, at least its preseason media poll position of being sixth in the SEC East with a pretty a large margin between the Tigers and fifth place. I think Missouri's defense is going to cause some real problems for opponents. Missouri's defense is good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Missouri's defense last year was really good, and I think it's going to take a step uh, this year as well. They returned an awful lot. Uh, they do bring back a linebacker. Excuse me. Let me get a drink of water here. <clears throat> uh, this is not live radio. I could really edit this out, but I'm too lazy. Uh, they do bring back leading tackler Tyron Hopper, who is a stud, right? He actually led the SEC in tackles last year. So um, I'm not going to say Missouri because I don't think they're going to be better than, obviously, Tennessee, Kentucky, South Carolina. 
I think Missouri can battle with Florida this year. I truly do. But you know, going from sixth to fifth, I wouldn't I wouldn't characterize that as an underranked team. And Dennis Dawes says Mississippi State could be uh, an underranked team. They were of course pick. Uh, to finish sixth in the SEC West, or no, in the cellar, with Auburn picked right in front of them, I believe, if my memory serves me correct. Of course, that team's having to deal with an awful lot, moving on from Mike Leach, changing a little bit of the offense, rookie head coach, youngest coach in SEC, Zach Arnett. A lot of things going on right there. Uh, quickly, some bowl predictions. I'll skim through some of these. Dennis Dodd says LSU will go 11-1 and win the West in consecutive years and go to the SEC and the college football championship. Uh, Tom Fernelli says Georgia will not only go undefeated, it will win every game by at least 10 points. Wow, that is a bold prediction. Chip Patterson says Carson Beck will be a Heisman Trophy contender. <clears throat> well, you know, so was Hendon Hooker, but he wasn't a finalist last year. Barris Lee says Alabama will lose home games to Texas and LSU. I wouldn't necessarily call that bold, but I guess, well, I guess what he's saying, they're going to lose both. So, yeah, that could be bold. Um, Jerry Palm says the pairing of Fisher and Petrino will not work well for Texas A&M. That is the least bold thing I've ever heard in my life. David Cobb says Alabama will lose two regular season games for the second year in a row. will miss the SEC championship and the college football playoff. Again, that's not that bold. Honestly, I don't think that's that bold. Um, I know the uncertainty is a quarterback. I, I understand the, the, the personnel questions, but that roster is still pretty good. Um, Again, I'm, I'm picking LSU to win the West, so I, I guess who am I to say? Because, I mean, I'm picking LSU to win the West, but I wouldn't count out Alabama. It's still going to be a, a pretty good football team, but I think Tennessee has a better chance of beating Alabama on the road, I do, than maybe that game in November at Neyland Stadium. We'll have, to take, uh, we'll have to take a survey when we get to that point. Will Backus says, Kentucky will finish in the top three of both total offense and scoring offense. I don't think that's going to happen. Offensive coordinator Liam Coleman's back. Devin Leary is an upgraded quarterback, and the offensive weapons rank among the best in the entire conference. I like the makeup of the Kentucky offense, but finishing top three in total low in scoring, oh, give me a break. All one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the analysts here at CBS Sports believe that Tennessee will finish second behind Georgia in the SEC East. And the unanimously, the whole crew is picking Georgia to win the SEC championship. Again, I just skimmed through this article, a little bit about Tennessee in there, but more SEC at a large kind of picks and, and opinions and all that. Let me know what you think. Go read that article over CBSSports.com, and uh, we'll see if Tennessee can play spoiler to a lot of these teams over there this year. Uh, that's going to do it here for this Thursday edition of Locked On Vols. Appreciate you guys for being here um, each and every day. Shout out everydayers. You guys let me know in those comment sections on YouTube and those DMs. Can't thank you enough. I love seeing it. Uh, thanks so much for listening wherever you get your podcast, following and subscribing, those automatic downloads. Those automatic downloads help the show more than anything. So I'm saying subscribe to YouTube. I'm saying rate me five-star, leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all that. And I love you guys for doing that. I really do. I know I sound like a broken record, but it helps the show. The number one thing that helps the show the most is subscribing wherever you get your podcast and making sure it does that automatic download when you open your app. That is how you can help the show get in front of more and more Tennessee fans. Thank you so much, guys. We'll take a look at the wide receiver positions and wrap up the uh, the work week for the Tennessee Volunteers. That's coming up on tomorrow's show. This is Locked on Balls.